Father God, thank you so much for an opportunity to worship and to give you our attention. We praise you uh, that we are your children and that we can run to you and grab your, your leg. Uh, thank you for your word. And as we uh, look to it today, we just ask for your spirit in your loving son's name. Amen. Greetings, good afternoon. Uh, thank you to Todd and the team for this invitation to share. It's one of my favorite times of year, so it feels like a particular privilege to speak at the beginning of Advent. I was born in December. I was baptized at 13 on my birthday in December. I was married in December, and uh, my husband and I, Greg, we decided to ignore that the attack on Pearl Harbor happened on the 7th and chose that as our wedding anniversary. Um, and then 10 years ago, uh, on the day of my birthday, I went into labor, and um, it's okay for me to talk about it today because we're talking about childbirth in the sermon. So I went into labor on my birthday on the 11th, and the next day, Julia, my daughter, was born. So we are at our home even before you get to Christmas. We're already in celebration mode. So it means a lot to me to get to speak and share uh, this morning in December. It also means a lot to me uh, because I am a new member of the Advent Hope family. This year, 2017, um, myself, Greg, and my son Samuel and Daniel Julia made a commitment to not just keep visiting, but to become members. And with that, I just wanted to say um, sincerely, thank you for being a place where we have felt welcome. We have visited for um, the last nine, 10 years. And one of the things that made the drive from Connecticut and if you do the math, nine years ago, what age my kids were when we were doing the drive from Connecticut and what that looks like on the highway in the rush with traffic, we kept coming back um, for many reasons. Um, but I wanted to thank you for embracing us and welcoming us. We found Avant Hope to be a place where, number one, we could worship and we could do that safely that moment where you can kind of forget about yourself and focus fully on God. And two, it didn't matter what we were wearing, and that might seem like a small thing, and maybe in New York, you, everyone feels emboldened enough to wear what they feel like wearing, but to take your children and try to get ready in the morning and within our sort of church denomination and look presentable um, has been a challenge for us in the past. So it didn't matter what we were wearing, we could be comfortable. And then it didn't matter if we were on time and it didn't matter if you hadn't seen us for three weeks. So we thank you for treating us that way. And then we thank Jesus for being here every time we came and that's why we're back. And so now we're members. And so I'm honored to get to share with you. I'm praying and aiming for clarity. I met with the first service group, and I hadn't been um, to, for obvious reasons, from Connecticut, I hadn't been to that early morning service, and I had this urge to just sit in a circle and kind of talk and tell our story, so I actually added a little bit of my own testimony that morning because I just felt like I wanted a connection piece to say um, that the most important thing I feel like we could ever talk about if we have a, a, a mic on is how we met Jesus, so I kind of fumbled through a little bit and added that in. Uh, this morning, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to say that um, Jesus has changed my life. He is worth every, um, he is worth every yes to standing up and giving attention to him. Uh, he is worth risking change. He is worth growing. He, um, 
he is worth speaking his name. So again, thank you. I want to, I haven't even done this yet, have I? I want to read the verse. That's what I was supposed to do right now. I'm already uh, behind. So our text of emphasis this morning is from Luke chapter 1, beginning at 26. I'm going to read all the way to verse 35, and then I'd like to add just one text from Luke 2. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And in Luke 2, it says, And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. And his mother treasured up these things in her heart. This morning, I want to give you just three things with the hope that they would be something that we could treasure in our hearts. Um, in preparation for this, I have been given much to ponder and, um, and, and sort of in a new way, and I'm hoping that it might be a fresh way to look at the Advent season. So Advent meaning coming, arrival. I've heard it said that, uh, that denominations uh, tend to pick an aspect of Christ's life and birth, or whether it be birth or life or death or resurrection, and sort of zero in on an emphasis. I think our denomination has maybe chosen to really focus on the second advent. It's in our name, it's in our focus. We could also become experts, if you will, on this first advent. What does it mean to closely look at his birth? So looking at the verse that was read, uh, 29, and he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. The first point this morning is that when God comes, he comes with words of love. When God comes, he comes with words of love that shape our identity. Greetings, O favored one. A greeting makes a difference. I have a close girlfriend who nearly every time we see each other, she says, hello, beautiful. And it doesn't matter if I had bronchitis and didn't have time for mascara that morning, she's likely to say something like that. And even though I know she says it and says it to her daughters and my other friends, it matters to me. It still impacts me. When God comes, he comes to us with words of love. He does this because he knows us and because he knows that words are the thing that have a opportunity to change and impact our identity. So favored one, God is with you, is what he speaks to Mary. 
He comes with words of love because he knows Mary. He made Mary. And he knows that her response, like yours and mine, is often fear. And perfect love casts out fear. So he says, God is with you. Puts our defenses down and reminds us who we are. Some familiar verses for um, many of us. 1 Peter 2.9, he calls us a holy nation, a royal priesthood. This, for many of us, is a beginning. People will be taught in Bible study that you are part of a priesthood. And because of that, these loving words are yours. He greets us with love to cast out our fear. Dearly children, be imitators of Christ. Dearly loved children is what he calls us in Ephesians 5.1. And he says to imitate Christ. So our second point, first being he comes with words of love. We're looking at Advent and the coming of our Christ. I got permission from the pastor, Pastor Chad. I'm not going to get all the way to the manger and the shepherds and the wise men. And he said, that's fine. We have weeks to come. This is the proclamation today, the invitation to focus on the coming, the first coming of our Lord. So he comes with words of love. And the second is that he comes fully human with needs. He comes as a human with needs. So I invite us to take a moment. Here we are only at December 2. We've got weeks ahead of us to look at the Christmas story. What if we stopped and paused and really focused on what it means for you or I as dearly loved children called to imitate Christ, what it means that our God chose to become a baby? When he started the human race, he started with Adam, an adult man who he gave responsibilities to. But when he chose to come for our rescue, he chose to come as a baby. I have three children. I know a little bit of something about taking care of babies. Babies are very needy. Nobody expects them to be any different. So what does it mean that our God decided to come in profound neediness of human flesh. One thing that I would suggest is he came in need on our behalf so that our needs could be accepted and acknowledged. Have you ever had that sense that those around you, maybe in church, maybe in the workplace, maybe in your social life, that those around you have, have their act together, that somehow they've figured out how to be an adult, but you're still feeling like a child. When Nick's daughter ran up, I was feeling so much connection with her. I get that. I, that feeling of when you're at church and in this setting and worship hits and you're together and you've made it through another week, there's just this thing where you just want to run up and... Um, Embrace Jesus and rest at being an adult for a little while and carrying the responsibilities. So God came in need, fully human. His mother Mary, his father were asked to, t- to feed and clothe and provide for him. I don't believe that 
phrase of the, the away in a manger that says no crying he makes, right? Do you know that one? Uh, but poor little Jesus, no crying he makes. I believe he wailed when he was hungry the same way that we have permission to wail when we are spiritually hungry. And so Advent season is an invitation to see that a, our God greets us with words of love, chiefly saying the Lord is with you. And then he greets us with acknowledgement that we have needs. And those needs will include protection and refuge. We will need to be spiritually fed from his word and from the stories and testimonies and encouragement of others. We will need to be washed clean. Babies are not very good at cleaning themselves. They're quite uh, comfortable with everything being released at any time and leaving that for someone else. We will need to be cleaned. And in our spiritual infancy, which is where we start as babes, we will need to be tended to and protected. We will need words of love to grow. And so also from Luke 2 that I referenced, we have a verse uh, that said that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. So he had that start as a needy infant so that you and I can begin in him as needy infants, giving our needs to him and allowing ourselves to grow then like he did in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Some questions again with the neediness before we hit our final point. God chose to save us by becoming a needy, fully human, fully God creature. He represents neediness and vulnerability. Vulnerability is def defined as the physical or emotional exposure to harm. The story of Jesus as a baby in his mother, teenage mother's womb, and then that manger, and then the fleeing, is all about vulnerability with the threat of physical and emotional harm. From the very beginning to his death, he represents a God of vulnerability calling you and I into to an invitation to present our vulnerability. So a few questions that we could ask each other. Actually, these are so vulnerable, you probably wouldn't start with asking each other. We could ask ourselves, as we think about December and the coming of Christ and vulnerability, do I know my limits and my limited capacity? Jesus, fully human, fully God, Sarah sometimes forgetting that she's human and playing God. Do I know my limits? Do I know that I need others? Do I know when I need God? Do I know when I need his word? Do I know when I need rest? Do I know when I need fellowship? Do I know when I need to confess? Do I know when I need to forgive? Do I know when I need to say I am sorry? Do I know myself and allow for myself to be fully human and loved fully by God? 
So when he comes, he comes with words of love. When he comes, he comes in vulnerability, matching and meeting our vulnerability, allowing us to have our defenses down. And that is where our beginning with him lies. And finally, he comes with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Returning to verse 35, Mary has already said to Gabriel, how can this be? And she's not the first person who responded in scripture to a promise of a savior or any of God's promise without that question of how will this work? In fact, her cousin's husband, Zechariah, same response when he was told that in his old age, he was going to have a son. Similar response for Abraham and Sarah when they were told they were going to have a baby. How can this be? Similar response to Nicodemus who comes at night to talk to the good teacher and is instructed the same way you and I are instructed that we must be born again, the same way that he who went before us was born as a babe, that spiritually we must start as a babe. And he didn't understand how it would be possible. And throughout scripture, the resounding answer is that with God, all things are possible. And in our text today, the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So he comes with words of love. He comes in vulnerability to meet our vulnerability, fully human, to meet us and invite us to be fully human. And he comes with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus, be born again in us. Amen.